You're listening to Black Humboldt's second season of Black Aesthetic. And we're celebrating our love for Black arts and culture within Humboldt County. K.M. Ross, popping shots, killing things, and making stuff. Hey, hey, it's your girl, Mo. Mom artist extraordinaire. Baby, baby. Hey, y'all. It's your favorite wiggler and giggler, the flowy healer, and fluffy unicorn, Livia. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, it's Tina, the songstress who helps the youth. You don't move just because you want to go from this point to that point. The body has to be using words as well as you vocally use the words. Eartha Kitt. Sabina Gallier is a Black artist and a transplant to Humboldt County as of 2011. By day, they run a local radio station and using every other moment of the day, they create. They work mostly in digital art, but are also working on illustrations. Sabina's illustrations come from a place of wanting more Black representation in art. She loves comics and magazines, but as a child noticed, they weren't seeing folks that looked like them. This was frustrating and disheartening for Sabina. Currently, they are trying to strengthen their hand at drawing and materializing the characters they desperately wanted to see as a child. Her digital art takes on the form of new planets, floating giants in the sky, or creatures. Her brand of creativity is called Pizza Moon Prints, inspired by a brief moment in her childhood where the idea of the moon being made of cheese was whack if it didn't have any toppings. Sabina needs her toppings and variety. Art has been her lifesaver, and Sabina urges you, whatever your medium may be, be it paint, music, words, glass, etc., to create a world that brings you joy, comfort, and maybe even a little discomfort. It's worth it. You can find her on IG at Pizza Moon Prince. Email her directly, pizzamoonprints at gmail.com. Or shop online at pizzamoonprints.bigcartel.com. So what's up, Sabina? What's up, Sabina? Welcome, Sabina. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for coming here. We love spending time with you and doing stuff with you. Um, Let's just jump right in and talk about your artistry and all the different ways that you create and exist as an artist in Humboldt County. So uh, I uh, am a transplant to Humboldt as of 2011. Um, I've always, always had, I guess, kind of my hand in art, but it kind of got pushed aside when I went into university and I didn't really explore it a lot. And when I finally was able to remove myself from all the academic stress and graduate and things like that, um, I realized that Humboldt County was a very great place for me to pick that back up again. It was quiet. It was peaceful. Um, Arcata was a very artistic community. And I felt a little more inspired to pick that back up once I was done with school. And I, I've, you know, like way before then, um, I've always like drawn or created just something. I need a creative outlet to basically exist during my day. And uh, in Humboldt County, it's been a strange experience for sure. I've, you know, I've come across a lot of people who are very welcoming as far as being an artist in Humboldt County. And there's definitely been people that have 
like laughed me out the door without even knowing what I'm about. So it's strange to navigate the art world in such a small place, but I do, I do appreciate the challenge as I think it strengthens me not only as an artist, but as a person. Wow. Yeah. That I like, yeah, I really like what you said towards the end that it like humble is definitely, and can be a difficult and like almost like a beautifully challenging place. <laughs> um, and so I guess I would really like to know, because you did mention that you put artistry to the side and, you know, school played a huge role before you were like, you know, I'm done with academics. Let me continue to explore your, like my art. So how did you begin your art artist journey? And can you like include where you are from and any cultural contexts of you? So um, definitely it began when I was a child. I am Jamaican, Greek, Egyptian, and a UK citizen. And um, it was really difficult as a child trying to figure out how to incorporate art into my life because, you know, my parents had a plan for me to try and focus on different things. My mom really wanted me to get into get into words. She wanted me to like do poetry and write. My dad was all about numbers. You know, he's a banker. So he wanted me to pursue something that he thought would be a little, a little stronger foundation wise. But the person who inspired me the most to always have art in my life was my Giddu, which is grandfather in Egyptian. My Giddu was a classically trained artist, um, a photographer. And he would, he would watch me like take paper to my comic books and trace the characters because I was trying to learn how to draw like anatomy. I was so bad at it. And um, he would encourage me, like he'd come over and he'd be like, play with the clothes a little bit. You know, you don't have to draw the limbs so, so correct. You can make them wavy. You can make them big. You can make them small. Like he really, he really tried to help me expand my world artistically when there were a lot of things coming at me as a child telling me that art was not the way to go and he um he was a huge influence on me and he passed away a couple years ago so definitely there's always moments where I will create something and I just like I wish I could send it to him because I always used to show off everything I made to him the only thing we ever disagreed on was bright colors because he loved his browns and his neutrals and he used to call like my drawings rude because they were kind of neon sometimes or really bright. And I think that's the one thing artistically we ever disagreed on. And um, it, yeah, it's been really strange to create without him in my world, but he's always there when I do it. He's, he is the person I credit with putting me in the direction of photography, putting me in the direction of illustrations, putting me in the direction of just feeling free with myself. Even if nobody else got it, it didn't matter. He, he told me it's you create this for you. And if you want to share it, that those are your rules. And um, starting to share my art was really difficult, but I always kept that in mind. I was like, I want to do this. I want to make it happen. But if I don't want to make it happen, it's as easy as that. Well, that's amazing. Um, multi-talented. I've seen, I've seen some of your work around town. So, um, and I appreciate the colors that you use. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, since, since we're talking about some of your work, you know, um, why don't you tell us about some projects that you have that are you're working on right now or anything that's coming out soon? So right now I've actually put a little bit of a pause because I'm trying to open up my online shop because I've built up enough prints that I finally want to get them out there 
And I sold uh, quite a few prints a while ago in order to buy more materials. And that was quite successful. I needed paper. I needed ink because my goal this year was to finally make it happen. It's been like five years since I wanted to open up an online shop. And this year I actually finally have started the process. So right now it's on a pause, but um, this is also the first year that I felt confident enough to actually submit my artwork to um, to be shown in a gallery. And um, that comes from an abundance of opportunities put out thanks to, thanks to Black Humboldt. I'm going to be submitting art to your upcoming showcase. Yeah. Thanks to Outer Space. I just dropped off three pieces to them. It's the first year that I felt very comfortable doing it. And I think a big part of it has to do with the fact that um, a lot of these spaces are being made safe for, for BIPOC people are being made safe and, and welcoming because I've, I've tried to go to some places and I'll tell you, like, it's been, it's been soul crushing the way some places will treat you up here. And it's definitely deterred me from wanting to put myself out there. But this year, my, my big, my big project is to start sharing myself more. And that's why I created a separate page, a separate Instagram account exclusively for my art, because I also wanted to connect with local artists. I want to find out where I can share spaces with the artists in Humboldt County that I appreciate and would appreciate what I do as well. Yes, I feel that. And I really, really feel when you say like, you need to work to find these spaces where, you know, you can express yourself freely and safely. I feel like there's so much art that happens in Humboldt, but it's really hard to find like where I fit in as like a young black woman and there being like a very much a style or a medium that artists in this area use. Yeah. It can be really difficult. It's, it's very strange to try and, um, and also when people, well, I had a really terrible experience with a gallery that I really, really looked up to. And once, once I actually got in there and asked them a question, I was like, wow, this world is wild. <laughs> this hurts. <laughs> Yeah. And then just thinking of that, like, do you feel that Black artists are commissioned or hired enough in Humboldt County? I would not know about Black artists up here if it wasn't for Black Humboldt. And because I like, you know, I've got to go to shows and things like that for my job. I've got to go to concerts and places where they hire live artists. And it's I've only ever seen like white and white passing artists in these spaces. And I would not, I would not have made any connections to other black artists, other BIPOC artists, if it hadn't been for Black Humboldt. It's, and that, that was really distressing when I realized that because I, I did try to think, I tried to think, I'm like, have I seen black artists anywhere else? And I even look at some of the, some of the websites of some of the galleries up here. And when you look at the people they featured, it's mostly white or white passing folks. And I don't think Humboldt County really loves to present itself as a, a hugely art loving place. But in art, you have you have a lot of variety. You have a lot of things that are different. You have a lot of a lot of outlets that are different. You have a lot of people that are different. And I feel like in Humboldt County, it is really deterring to find that a lot of these places you do not find a lot of black art. And I feel like it's only within the last couple of years we've seen Humboldt County sort of open up a little bit. And I don't know if that is because of like feeling guilty or something like that. 
I have no idea, but it's, there's a shift that I think is still happening, but I wish it had happened a lot sooner. Whew, child. That's like, that is so, well, one, that's validating to hear that um, Black Humboldt has been utilized really well and that you have found a lot of support with us because um, in itself, and I know um, just more of a shout out to Mo, Kevin, and Dee, um, just because I, I'm pretty much, I'm, a, I'm like the newest person at the hub. Like the fact that there was something missing and the fact that they worked really hard to bring an organization like Black Humboldt to tell people, hey, we need this representation here. Like Black folks exist in Humboldt County. Black artists exist in Humboldt County. So how do we actually show that and be able to market it properly? So any person who's interested in art, especially Black folks, can get that access. So thank you so much for giving giving that shout out because it is really validating because I know how much hard work it's taken to make Black Humble the way it is now. And of course, it's always going to be a work in progress. So we, so I do like personally, and I, I don't want to speak for everybody else, but I do personally um, appreciate that from the bottom of my heart um, because this is a lot of selfless work and it just means a lot that you're contributing to the work that we've been doing. Um, yes, and I agree. And I'll even say that I too, like have been introduced to so many amazing black and brown folks, like through this black Humboldt work. And it, it all started to fill the need that I was having, you know, for black community and just to hear other people talk about it is, it makes me so happy. And then, and it's like, even just doing this podcast, it's like, we've met so many cool black artists that like I knew existed, but I didn't know the depth of it or that, you know, we learned a hundred percent about them brand new. It's been really cool. Exactly. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Like I've been here for 10 years and, you know, originally like when you have like art classes, it's kind of easy to find like other, other art kids. And uh, so when I first got here, I was in, always made sure to take art classes in, in school. And it was like, there was just no art that at least caught my interest. Like we're just in the back of back in the devil's playground days, you know, it's like, (laughs) and so, yeah, it's super validating because now it's like, we're, we're able to really come together as an art community because I'm part of some of the uh, art associations out here. And it's like, they don't really, they don't really cater to their black members. You know, they, they don't reach out. They don't, you know, let us know about upcoming shows. I haven't even gotten my card yet. So um, we're definitely neglected and I'm happy to be able to be part of like making a space for us. Yeah. Cause they want us at those exhibits. They just don't want us in our own forms. Like they want us to adhere to the way that things are already happening here. Yeah. They, they want to take that authenticity away from us. That is very true. Um, the place that I tried to go and get just a little bit of information, the place that I really loved, I went in there and I asked them, I'm like, how do you go about rotating artists? And this woman, she just looked at me with this like smile that could only be formed out of malice. And she's like, do you want something on the wall? And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's talking to me like I'm five. <gasps> And I was like, well, I'm just wondering how you go about 
uh, choosing artists to put up on the wall. And she slides a pamphlet over and she was like, I think you can find everything you need in there. And as I was leaving, she's like, do you want any crackers? Do you want, do you want water? And I was like, Oh, you don't want me to sit at your social table. I'm not going to chew on your crumbs. Like I don't want anything. I knew immediately that this woman did not care about anything that I had to say or offer. I didn't even tell her what I did. And I got in the car and the pamphlet was just, it was just basic information about the history of the gallery. And that was it. No contact information, nothing. Like I've never, I've never been so loudly told that I was not welcome in such a quiet way. And that like that, I know that instance destroyed my confidence for a while. I am so sorry you had to go through that. And thank you so much for sharing that because people do need to hear what, like how people's actions can really negatively impact somebody. Like I cannot believe that woman thought she could just do something like that and be, and then to be so disrespectful and condescending about it. Like, like what? (laughs) Yeah. And then not to even realize that she like put a hiatus on your creative Right. Like this in your creative work, which who knows what else, you know, you use your creative outlet for, you know, some people that's their therapy or that's their sanity yeah. and like to, to knock you off your flow and like not even be aware of that is kind of mind boggling to me. And almost sometimes it feels like it could be like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to speculate, but sometimes it, it feels like it's almost a weapon. Mm-hmm. It's almost a weapon to that condescension. It's like they want to knock you off a little bit. Yeah. Want to show you like where your place is and where their place is. It's like, is that, is that, is your, is your, is your insecurity that large that you, that is what makes you feel better? Like that's what helps you sleep at night. Cause that's just really disrespectful. But, and, and I'm glad you're bringing this up because it does lead us to our next question in terms of like, what were the most difficult pro, um, projects as a black artist that you've had to do or deal with in Humboldt County? I haven't done any projects like large, I don't know, I don't know if I'm addressing the question correctly, like large projects in Humboldt County or collaborations or anything like that. Um, Gosh, how would I answer that? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe reflect a little bit because you work at a radio station, right? Well, there you go. And I, I don't know if you want to talk about that at all um, or just like what your experience is with having a platform kind of. And well, right. it's cool because like I do, I do encourage people to be creative on the air and um, being able to do things on social media and create like and create graphics and things like that. You know, I am I'm limited. I know basic Photoshop. Photoshop is one of the hardest things for me to navigate. <laughs> at it. And um, I'm able to, I'm able to create for the station if like, or another station, if they need an infographic, I'm able to, I encourage people a lot to try and be creative. I share some of, some of my experiences on air and people will interact back with me. And that part really excites me. I love, I love talking about creating with other people because I do, I do a couple different things. I like doing illustrations because I grew up on comics and that and magazines and, you know, not seeing more than a couple black people in one panel was you pick up on that when you're a kid, you do, you look at that and you're like, there's not a lot of people that look like me. And so I'll talk to people about my illustrations and they'll talk to me about their work. I do a lot of digital art as well. And um, 
Uh, I do, I've been thinking about actually doing giveaways on the station of like my minis and people have been really responsive to that. So it's, it, it is actually, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to be able to incorporate that into my day job because my day job is very time consuming and creating is how I kind of shut that stress out. Like one thing that it helps me with is shutting that stress out and to be able to bring it to work some days is really it, it helps the day go by. It's really nice. And I also, uh, being able to be on the air, but also if I have a moment, an idea sparks and I'm able to work on it. So I think maybe the biggest project is making the two worlds meet pretty evenly and making them making them live a little cohesively. Yeah, I'm sure Kevin can speak to that too. Like when you have so many things going on and you're known for so many different things, like how do you bridge it and... And like make it cohesive. <laughs> uh, focus on, or at least marketing wise, focus on one thing. <laughs> it's, it's about as basic as I could tell you. I mean, the more services you provide, the more businesses you're running at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, I would definitely not encourage people to follow my model. <laughs> I like what you said about Photoshop too. Like, it's you can spend 20 years on it and you'll still only know 5% of what it does. Photoshop's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Or if you like only use it for certain things. Like I feel like I've mastered the like 10 things I use Photoshop for, but don't ask me to do nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> like layers. No, what? <laughs> I don't know layers. And layers, people have told me layers are like the easiest thing. And I'm like, mm, okay, teach me. <laughs> Send me a YouTube video. Get on that Skillshare. Man. You, uh, you can get a whole diploma from Skillshare. Shoot. I, w- I would recommend le- LinkedIn Learning. Oh, yep, yep. Because it's it's formerly Linda, but now also it uh you can get certifications and they'll show up right there on your profile. Oh, that is cool. So if you apply to a job, like they can see your resume and all your certifications. And it's okay, only like technology. It's like sixty bucks. So that is self paced. So you could go get ten certificates in like a weekend. Oh, see, that's what I need. Like I had a graphic design teacher who was just, just could not understand that we were in a beginner's class. And I would look at his eyes too and be like, you hate us. You hate us so much. Well, um, you're speaking about raising money for supplies. That sounds, that sounds like a project. Tell us, tell us a little bit more, more about that if you can. So I had, I had created, um, a bunch of minis, a bunch of four by fours. And it was my first, I usually would like put up a small post of like, oh, I have this postcard for sale. Would anyone like to buy it? And someone would be like, boom, I'll buy it. And like, I'd have a couple buttons for sale. Does anyone want to buy it? I'll buy it. And I was like, what, what would happen if I actually like created like a good stock of stuff? Would people want these would people want these little minis? I'm like, they're small. People really love to display big things. Like I went through a whole bunch of questions in my head. I'm like, I'm not a businesswoman. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do this. This, I just want, I just want to be able to afford paper and ink. I have no ink. I have no cutter anymore. My cutter busted. I was like, okay, let's raise, let's raise some money. And I went on Instagram and I created a bunch of posts and I sold these four by four minis for, I believe, $4 each. And my friend was like, you need to, you need to raise it. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like, 
I feel like if I keep it low, then, you know, the people that I know would also be able to afford my art. Cause I always have friends who are telling me like, as soon as you get something printed, let me know, let me buy it. And, um, but I wanted to make it affordable. And that was, that was my decision to do that. And I did and ended up making $200 in two days. And I to buy a lot of paper. I was able to buy a lot of glossy photo paper. I was able to buy a lot of ink. Um, and I bought myself a new cutter. And that was when I saw that that was possible. I'm like, you can open the shop this year. There's no reason for you to not do this. It was super inspiring because a lot of people not only purchased my art, but they also shared it all over the place. And I got people buying my art that I didn't even know just coming into my, it was just coming to my Instagram inbox. Let me know what you want. Send me the, send me the post that you want and I will package it right now and I'll ship it to you. And that was, that outpouring of support really meant a lot. And, you know, all the times that I've been told, no, that was like a million yeses. And, um, it really, it really made me think more about things that I've been really afraid of. Like I have, I have really bad anxiety. I have uh, really bad PTSD and it like for a long time, these things have been holding my, holding me back from being able to share myself. And I wanted to share myself so bad. And this was just that reaffirming moment. I was like, this is totally possible. You can do this. Like you're scared, but you can do this. So that, um, yeah, that was, that was pretty amazing. And, um, and I have, I have incredible support behind me and the people that I have in my life and I need to listen to them a lot more than myself sometimes. (laughs) I love that. And it reinforces like the idea of having a community and a network, um, cause their support of you, like got you new people ultimately to meet you and get to know your art and stuff. So how do you think your art informs your activism? Uh, representation is something that's always been very important to me. I, like I said, growing up with a lot of media in my life and um, growing up in in the 90s, especially where like the world was, like the st- stereotypes were really bad, especially I used to live in the Middle East. I used to live on an island called Bahrain. It's like... 30 minutes from the center to another end of the island like if you go up and down it was small and um the it was as far as americans were concerned uh a lot of the locals were very rooted in the stereotypes they saw in the west and so that would be like we'd go out for dinner and there'd be shows and you'd see like oh horrendous representation of of african americans you'd see like what they thought African-Americans uh, were, which was like all rappers or or um, all rich, like because they were rappers. Like it was really tough being black in Bahrain because, you know, we were we were respected because we were foreign. But at the same time, we were black and they expected us to be a certain way. My brother and I that we were not it was it was really hard to grow up because i went to a department of defense school i went to an american school and they they taught us like they about not one way not one way to be black there's so much diversity in the world there's so much to learn from from different cultures there's so much to learn from different people and it 
it, my mom, who is not black, but definitely knew that it was hard for me, would try to put different, uh, different representation of black people in my life. Realizing the media that I was consuming, there was almost no representation in it. I really worked hard at drawing black figures. And I worked hard at drawing black women, especially fat black women, because I'm a fat black woman. I wanted to see glorious fat black women. And as I got older, um, you know, it, you know, insecurity sets in trying to grow into yourself sets in being a teenager sucks. So you've got all these different ideas in your head, trying to adapt to what people want you to be trying to navigate that. And then I hit 25 and I was like, I'm done with this. I'm done with trying to trying to draw things that mean nothing to me. So I went back to trying to draw um, black women. And now that is all I draw, just voluptuous black women. And I will get told that it is um, indecent. I'll get told that it's obscene. I'll get told that it's, it's overly sexual. And I'm like, this is, this is like putting myself on paper. This is, this is who I am. This is how a lot of, a lot of people are. If you don't like it, then don't look at it. I'm sorry, but it's going to exist. And so that part of that part of um, my activism and representation, I hope to help other people see that it's okay to be black. It's okay to be fat. It's glorious to be, to be both. You know, it's society has such horrific beauty standards right now. And I just want to continue to fight against them. Yes. And it's a little strange. I, oh, go ahead. No, sorry. I thought you were done. Keep going. Keep saying your magic. <laughs> and, um, I remember I was told when I was young, having different styles is very bad as an artist because people aren't going to recognize that the art is yours. And it took me a while to realize, like, I don't care if they don't recognize that the art is mine. I don't. So I do illustrations that look drastically different from my main focus, which is working with a lot of digital art. And I don't like calling it digital manipulation because I don't like that M word, but it is, it is taking shapes and figures and just stretching them and bending them until I see something that my brain says, okay, good. And one thing that I really wanted to start looking into working with is also mental health because if it weren't for that part of my art, I really don't know how much longer I would have been able to go on. It, um, it helped me manage a lot of my trauma um, as a child, like as a kid, I would draw also landscapes and I would love to draw like big circles and create planets. And these were places in my head that I would want to go when I, when everything just started to go like blank. And it was a method of escapism for me and it became a coping method. And, um, I deal with, I deal with PTSD to this day and it in like really, really horrible moments where I feel like everything is collapsing, I have to put myself in a corner. You know, I just isolate myself in my room and I just try really hard to make something. And some of the pieces I've made have been made in a very fluid way. And then other pieces have been made out of pure stress. And, you know, other people will not be able to dif differentiate the two, but I can. I know exactly what pieces I made when I was at peace and I know what things I made when I was in a bad place. And it, I would love to one day get to a point where I could work with people 
who who have mental health struggles and work with organizations that help people to understand what an outlet it what a joyous outlet it is to be steeped in the art that you can create to to take all of that pain and that heartache and that stress or even just a bad day from a like a just a bad day to something that has been plaguing you your whole life and how it's you know it's never going to be healed unless you unless I I don't know I've never I've never been able to heal myself from the pain that I have um if so that's you know to say it's never going to be healed is not fair but it may not heal that pain but it can definitely be an outlet that for some people can help them cope with each day so um, I would definitely like to get into um, helping people understand what art can do for your mental health, because like I said, it has, it made the biggest difference in my life and it's pretty much what kept me going. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, that's all really powerful thoughts. And I think you just gave our listeners some tools uh, and the kind of a light into themselves and the ways that, you know, they can manage similar things. I also really like how you brought up escapism. And I think that's such a theme amongst black and brown folks, but especially black and brown folks that are into comic books, Afrofuturism, sci-fi, like places that in our past we've been told is not for us, but we encounter some of the most traumatic things. It's like, of course we want space in those places so that we can escape our realities. And so hearing you talk about creating it for yourself is just beautiful and powerful to me. And thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, especially, especially the concept of Afrofuturism. Like I studied a little bit of that when I was in um, grad school and, or was it grad school or undergrad? Whatever. I mean, I had, I had a um, Africana studies uh, double major and I, we would always talk about Afrofuturism and how, how it's such a beautiful concept of reimagining a life, you know, that is like, that isn't always, um, what is it perpetuated by all these stereotypes? Like when you think of blackness, it's just trauma and pain and just chaos. Um, and I mean, that's why when you think about Black Panther and how, and how amazing that movie was and how the representation finally showed you a life where blackness is truly like superior, truly beautiful. And, um, and, and, you know, it is an example of escapism because for such a long time, we were not allowed to think in that lens at all. So the fact that people like you are creating those spaces for people to stay inspired, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. So seriously, like, thank you for sharing um, your perspective. And then again, tools to help people navigate it because just because that concept's there doesn't mean it will be easy for some people to be like, to take that in and be okay with it. Just because for so long we've been told, no, 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 that's not part of y'all. Like y'all can't do that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, when you had mentioned earlier about not seeing more, you know, not seeing people of color in comic books, it was, it's like, you know, not only do you notice that yourselves, but like your white friends tell you to. You know, it's like, I remember we're playing Superman and it's like a friend's like, you know, we're in like kindergarten. He's like, you can't be Superman. You're not white. I'm like, always. Oh, and and it's like, oh, you mother. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, like, don't tell me. Don't tell me what I can be. That's when I was like, 
that's when I was like, all right, my dude is spawn. Like it's like all the uh a lot of the white boys like spawn and they didn't even know he was black. Yeah. So it's like so then I had I'm so, like, there's a black Green Lantern, calm down. Yeah, there's a black Spider-Man. There's Black Panthers, not a new comic. <laughs> it's just it, yeah, it's it's saddening that we learn we learn these things in such a young age and it's it's uh, equally amazing what we end up doing with with uh with that how we make how we make those things now for, yeah for real like it just it just goes to show how resilient and just cre- creative and innovative we really are because we just turn you know pennies into like diamonds and like bil- like billions of dollars because we know how important it is like it's we know how important that representation is and that Black people are not a monolith, so we should be allowed to be, you know, be futuristic and be powerful and be quirky and be like, and just be awesome. So I think it's really cool. It's like really weird how people get really, really amazed. You know, they're like amazed to see a Black person in that space, amazed to see Black people in sci-fi. And um, I've got my thoughts on Bridgerton. All right. I'm not going to share them right now. I've got my thoughts. (laughs) But and I'm like on the line. I'm like, do I watch this or do I not? I'm like, were black people even there for this? <laughs> Listen, I was vibing with it low key though, low key. But like, to for people to to be so surprised to see to see like black people in period pieces and things like that, and you know, I I personally do not know that period of time very well. I'm not I'm not versed in that era of history, but. I mean, you know, obviously queen. Yeah. I know nothing about England. I'm like, is that, is that a fact? But uh, is it fact that black people weren't there and that's why I'm feeling that way? Or did white people just tell me that there were no black people there? So naturally my brain doesn't go there. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like we, it's like black people exist in very specific spaces in some of society's minds. And one of those spaces can't be in positions of royalty why not why not As- they, they, they weren't friends either huh so there were no black people in the in the tv show friends were there which takes place in the melting pot of uh immigration like, of new york right there's right. <laughs> no no black people and friends crazy that's why i don't like that show <laughs> it's just the same people running around looking very confused and loud Loud and broke. Like, y'all don't have jobs. Like, y'all don't, like, really? Like, this They this buy too life. much coffee. Did you see how nice their furniture was, though? <laughs> Just that show. It's funny. Yeah. There was, like, some meme that was, like, so Friends was really going to sit here and tell me that Black people just didn't exist in New York. <laughs> I was, like, <laughs> by the window, nothing. Right. Like, you didn't even pretend. Y'all just said, nah, we're erasing them. It's cool. You can't even be the help or nothing, like. Sorry, okay. I, may just, I may have just ruined some childhoods. <laughs> no one listening to our podcast, childhood was ruined. <laughs> they were like, what's friends? <laughs> I know when you said friends, I was like, what? But and I like my mom watched that show all the time and it still didn't register. I think I just ignored it so much because I just did not. Yeah, watch. it's pretty, my pr- white pretty forgettable. My white grandparents introduced me to Friends and Frasier. So, like, forever in my head, I'm like, I know two very white television shows, and they are these. 
my parents really were into Frasier, which I thought was so weird. I was like, I mean, it was like a quirky, funny show, but I was just like, why? Like, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't understand it. It's like a classist ass show. Like he just <laughs>, laughs about poor people the whole time. He's like, oh, "You're not intelligent like me." <laughs> like that's the whole show. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> all right, we got one last question because we we want we want to keep you for an hour. Um, so, all in all, have you been able to find space and opportunity? as a black artist in Humboldt County, which we talked a lot about. Um, and then have you felt that that presence has been welcomed? Um, de- putting that, that person aside, there's definitely been really random places that have been welcoming when I inquire, like, of course, black Humboldt creating a lot of opportunities for us in Humboldt County, um, outer space, uh, also, creating great opportunities. And then like random places that I went to go ask to see if there was just a chance that I could put something up. Like um, Joanna over at Blondie's, like she was like, oh, all the months I've got her booked up, but there's free months afterwards. Just let's talk about your art. I want to see it. And then we'll put it on the wall. And I'm like, and then health sport was like, oh yeah, we'd love to put this on the wall. Please. um, You just have to wait a few months and we'll put you on the wait list with everybody else. Boop, boop, boop. And then just, um, there was another place. Can't remember it right now, but I remember, I remember Blondie's most of all, cause I, I love that spot and I do love Joanna. And I remember like being so excited and then a really huge life stressor happened and it all fell through. And that was another moment where I was like, oh, crap, I'm never going to get, I'm never going to get this done. I'm never going to get this part of my life going. But yeah, you know, aside from a couple of horrible experiences, it's it's definitely been very helpful for my journey to be welcome in random places and places where I feel absolutely comfortable putting myself out there. And um, definitely, I think Humboldt County's Humboldt County's biggest challenge is I think it just needs to evolve as far as as far as artists that they are willing to willing to work with. And I do there is a huge area that I feel as though I'm not welcome. And then there's areas that I feel as though I could, I could shoot over a quick email, ask a question and I'll get everything, all the information I need that I'll get a chance. And I, as much as I talk about, you know, how scary it is out there to be, to be a black artist, I don't want it to ever deter someone from actually trying because, you know, you never know what you will get from the experience of being accepted or rejected like unlike me being rejected could could you know really really light a fire and like really inspire you to go forth or being accepted you know could help you help give you that momentum to to keep going it's it's definitely been a mixed bag of things for me but I never I never want I never want how challenging Humboldt is to deter anyone from putting themselves out there you know, we, we've all got our fears. We've all got our fears of maybe rejection or our fears of something, you know, not feeling good enough. Always try, always try because Humboldt County, as strange as it's been to navigate, will always surprise you. So I think for the most part, I do, I do feel welcome because I have found my space and in finding my space, I've found my footing. That's dope. Um, 
can you share with us just like where people can find you, how they can connect? How can I listen to your radio show? Like all the details. Sure. Um, for my art, I'm on Instagram at pizza moon prints. Uh, like pizza, like yummy pizza moon prints. And um, I'll be putting my website up there soon as well. And um, and my email, uh, my email is pizza moon prints at gmail.com. And if you want to listen to my show, it's Sabina's Morning Show. I'm on 6 a.m. to noon at 93.1 and 94.5 KSLG-FM. And you can listen live at KSLG.com if you like to take your music on the go. And yeah, that's where I, those are the places I live day and night. Well, thank you so much for dropping in and dropping the knowledge. Like, this was great to hear more from you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes, we love to see it. Thank you for literally inspiring us and sharing your gift to all of us. Thank you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Yeah, I think I've been following you for less than a month now, but I'm liking what I see. Keep going. Yes. Thank you. Awesome. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to The Black Aesthetic, y'all. This was the BH Hub, talking art, life, and just existence in Humboldt County. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast across all streaming platforms. If you want to get involved with The Hub or have questions or want to show us some love, you can hit us up at blackhumboldt at gmail.com. We're on all socials at Black Humble. That's B-L-A-C-K-H-U-M-B-O-L-T. And until next time, continue to walk in your Black excellence.